about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Good morning and welcome to this edition of All In. We come together every week seeking the Lord to find out more ways that we can serve Him and be available to Him in our daily lives as we go about whatever it is He has planned for us. So as we talk about doing that, I want to remind each one of us that if you're alive right now and you're listening to this, <laughs> that means God has a plan for you. And it's not finished here on the earth. Right now on this planet, there are people everywhere who need to hear about Jesus or need to hear more about Jesus or need to hear your testimony about Jesus. Do you have one? Do you have a daily testimony? Do you have a daily life that's being unfolded as you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding? Or do you not involve God in your daily life? And you go about your life just thinking about what you can do or what you should do or what money you have to do it with. Or... Are you someone that trusts the Lord and asks the Holy Spirit to help you decide what it is He would like you to accomplish on this earth with the time you have left? Jesus came so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came to take Victory over every obstacle that's standing in your way. Jesus had victory over every obstacle that's standing in your way. That's correct. He defeated every sickness, every disease, every spirit of depression, every spirit of fear, every spirit of anxiety. He defeated them all when he descended into hell. And I don't think we oftentimes think about what he did for us so that you could be bold in what you're doing. You and I can be bold. We don't have to hide and say, well, you know, I would if I could, but I'm not Jesus and Hey, when we accepted Jesus, if you truly did accept Jesus for who he is, the Son of God, then you became what's known as born again, and you now take on the righteousness of Christ, Jesus the Christ. So, if you took on the righteousness of Jesus the Christ, then I took it on. What is it that's holding us back in any area? Any area. Home, business, social, mental, physical, spiritual, financial. Which 
of those areas are you stuck? Are you stuck? Let's take the Word of God, the name of Jesus, which He gave us, and use it to remind the devil that he already was defeated, and you're one more of the group that Jesus defeated him for. And you expect your life to be a living example of what Jesus did when he defeated him. Is that too heavy for this morning's conversation? Is that too thick, too deep? Let's start out, let's read from Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 5 through 9. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the nature that is above every name. Okay, do we agree that Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. In other words, death wasn't going to get him. He had to become obedient to the laws of death in order for him to die. He wasn't going to defeat him. He was defeating everything here on the earth. That's why when he prayed, people were healed. When he spoke, people heard a message they never heard before. But he took on the nature of a servant. He was here to serve. Now, when we accept Jesus, we accept his nature, but we also accept what he did. He was obedient to death, death on a cross, and therefore God Almighty exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. So can we agree that the name of Jesus is above every name and that At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess, because God gave him the name that is far above every other name. Well, that's step one in today's conversation. If his name is above every name, well, his name is above cancer, his name is above sickness, his name is above COVID, his name is above fear, His name is above depression. His name is above every name. There is no name, no other name that he is not above. God made his name that powerful. So let's read Colossians 2, verse 10 through 11. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over ever every power and authority. 
in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having, listen to this, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So, what is it we're saying here? What is it God saying? By the way, I'm reading today from the New International Version. Every time I, I do this, I take a different version just to make sure we're not deviating. We're trying to get the broadness of, of what God is saying. So today, in this New International Version, in Colossians 2, verse 10 and 11, we are brought to, Christ was brought to fullness as the head over everything, the power and authority over all. God gave it to him when he went to the cross. Now, here's an interesting thing. In him, you, you, you who are listening, and me, but you, were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. So, something took place when you accepted Jesus as Lord. When you prayed and said, Father, I accept Jesus as Lord, you were circumcised in the Spirit. You cannot see it, but it's a mark in your spirit. It is a definition. It is something that took place in the Spirit that has happened to every single one of us that has accepted Jesus. And Lucifer can see the mark. The angels can see the mark. And God Almighty, of course, can see the mark and knows who his people are. So when you accepted Christ, you were circumcised. It says, not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So everything in the flesh... The day you accepted Jesus the Christ as your Lord and in your heart knew it and said it, you were at that time circumcised and the flesh died. The flesh person, whoever you, whatever your name is, that person is recorded as having died on earth, circumcised when you accepted Jesus as Lord. And the born-again person, the born-again spirit, now is alive, living on this planet in a mortal body. But now, no longer are the sins that you committed held against you. When you were dead in sin and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ he forgave us all our sins. Forgave. Not going to forgive. Forgave. Forgave. Over. Out. Done. Not doing anything else about it. It's already done. All is left is you understanding that he did it. The next line says, having canceled. I'll say it again. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness 
which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken away, taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So the charge of sin, the chart, the penalty of sin is canceled, is canceled, is, I don't know how many times I'd have to say it before we, we hear it, but your right standing with God, your righteousness in front of God is of the Lord. He's counting Jesus's righteousness, Jesus's name, he's counting it above anything you ever did on this earth, <clears throat> anything you did wrong or ever will do wrong. That's the hard part to digest. Yes, all future sin in your life is canceled when you do what? Judge yourself and call it sin. Therefore, you are redeemed from the penalty of it. It's canceled, canceled, canceled. Sin is canceled. The meeting today is canceled. What does that mean? Don't go. If the meeting's canceled, you don't go. If the doctor's appointment is canceled, you don't go. If your sin is canceled, don't think you have sin. It's it's canceled. Canceled. Jesus canceled it. I'm saying it a lot because I know every day Satan works on all God's people. He knows who's been circumcised in the Spirit. He can see it. He can roam this earth and see that mark of that circumcision. You can't see it because you're in the flesh and it's your spirit is in inside of your mortal body. But he can see it. It's a it's a distinct I don't know what it looks like, but it's a circumcision. It, if God said it's there, it's there. Okay? So now the charge of your legal indebtedness has been canceled. It's taken away. Jesus nailed it to the cross. So, is there another cross today? No, there was one cross. And that day, on that cross, the name Jesus is above every name. Every name. It's above all. He nailed your sins, your flesh, my flesh, whatever it is we're thinking about that's not appropriate because you've already accepted Christ and you still get pulled over on the other side to do things you shouldn't do but it's nailed to the cross. So how do we remind ourselves that it's that he's canceled the debt by judging ourselves by by talking to yourself and saying I shouldn't do this. I did it and I probably'll do it again, but I really shouldn't. This is not what God wants me to do. Holy Spirit, help me out of this. It's canceled when you judge yourself cuz see you couldn't even admit it's wrong if you weren't judging yourself. To know you've done something wrong is to make a judgment. And you judge yourself, and therefore you are free of the judgment. But those who lie to themselves and say, it's not a sin, well then there is no judgment. You're not free because you're still under it as a sin. You know, a person who's an addict, let me, let me, let me tell you this. This is important stuff. And you can be addicted to many, many things. It doesn't have to just be drugs. It could be swearing. It could be anything. Anything. They're just, everything in life can be an addiction if it's taken too far. So, if an addict, everybody seems to relate to the drug one, so let's do that. But if a drug addict comes to know Jesus, 
and has been on drugs and is addicted, his physical body is addicted to those drugs, yes, we are to come to the Lord and confess our sins, and the Holy Spirit will deliver you from the penalty of the sin that's attached to the breaking of the law. However, if you find yourself again tomorrow committing the same sin, does that mean you're backslidden? Does that mean you didn't really accept Jesus? Does that mean you really weren't circumcised? Absolutely not. What it means is you just haven't been strong enough yet to break the habit. The Holy Spirit now will come in and help you to say to yourself, and this is a big battle that goes on inside of people, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't be doing this. And yet you do the thing you hate. <coughs> you do the thing that you know you shouldn't do. But does that mean you're no longer a born-again believer? Absolutely not. It just means that now you are more conscious of the fact that you shouldn't be doing it, and you're judging yourself every day, and the Holy Spirit comes in through that judgment, cancels the debt, and gives you, makes you just a little stronger. And I guarantee you that if you don't quit, I'm not talking about the drugs. If you don't quit knowing and judging yourself, then there'll come a day. And I don't know when that day is, but the Lord himself will lead you out of it, or you'll wake up one day, and you just will not want to take that drug again. You just won't want to do it. I don't believe, I'm one who really doesn't believe you can do it yourself. I don't. I believe that that the Holy Spirit's job and God's the name of Jesus that's above every name will deliver you from the evil. But you have to judge yourself and call sin sin and then move on. You're back in the righteousness of Christ. All right, you're giving people permission to sin. No, they don't need permission. Listen up who just said that. They're already sinning. They don't need permission to do it. They need forgiveness. They need deliverance. And Jesus came to set them free. And if you're hearing this right now, and you're someone in that situation, you're set free. And don't let anyone condemn you. Don't let anyone tell you you're not. Don't let anyone tell you that Jesus doesn't love you. He does. And he delivered you. He went to the cross. He took the nails. And he delivered you. All you've got to do is accept it in the name of Jesus. Take his name and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. Sir, I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to do that today. And I pray to God that I don't do it tomorrow. But I really, really, really am I'm judging myself. I know it's wrong. Just don't know how to stop. Don't know how to do it. Help me, sir. Flood me. Come into me. Help me to do it. Help me to do it right. And, uh, and what will happen will amaze you. I know people that have had instantaneous deliverance from things. And I know people that it took years to be delivered. But every single time they judged themselves wrong, they got stronger. And the Holy Spirit came in. And the righteousness of Christ came upon them. And that's something we have to, as believers, come to understand. That it is the righteousness of Christ that's on us, not your righteousness. It's not that you kept the law. It's not that you did it right today and pat yourself on the back. It's that you can't do it right, 
And Jesus we depend on. The name of Jesus, the love of God, the deliverance from all evil of this present world. And what's the difference, by the way, if someone's addicted to drugs or if they're addicted to fear of a virus? That's an addiction, my friends. And you and you feed it by listening to other people that are feeding you nonsense. Because the Word of God says you have been delivered from every evil of this present world. And that no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon, no evil shall befall you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. So if you're addicted to fearing plagues, I don't care what they are. You're no different than the person who's addicted to a drug. And you need to repent of that fear. I know people today who are still scared out of their skin over getting a virus. Well, take it to the Lord. Judge yourself wrong for fearing. And then try harder tomorrow not to fear, but ask the Holy Spirit to deliver you. It's time for the church to wake up. <clears throat> you're either a believer or you're not. And what do you believe? What you want to believe? Or what God told us to believe? That we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Where is the church demonstrating that power? Right now. The rest of the world needs to see it. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time for believers to know that the name of Jesus is far above any sickness or disease. You say, well, that's hard, Art, because, I mean, everybody around me thinks, you know, we're going to, you know, it's really dangerous. Let me tell you something. If everybody around you thinks it's really dangerous and there's no antidote like the name of Jesus, I would get other people to be around me. Or I would take myself out of that. Or shut off the news. Shut off all those people who never opened the Bible once in their life, who you're listening to, to determine how you're going to live your life. It is time. Let me tell you, the hour is late. And God, Jesus, is coming back. Will he find faith in the church? And I'm not even talking about outside the church. I'm talking about inside the church. I'm talking about those who go to church every week and still walk in fear, walk in doubt, walk in unbelief, walk in the shadows when you should be bringing the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. If you stop salting the earth, There'll be no seasoning on it. It is time to wake up. If one person's listening to this, wake up. I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you right now, don't judge others for, and say to yourself, they are addicted to something. And yet you walk around fearing something or running to hide 
from someone else's breath because they might have germs. Come on. Plead the blood of Jesus. Put up the walls of faith. Take the name that went to the cross. Take the name and shove it down Satan's throat, reminding him that you have been circumcised in the Spirit, and you are not one of the people of this earth that walks in fear. But you walk with the name that you're proud of, the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus is our Lord. But we've got to live that way. So you failed. So you failed today. Get up. Admit to yourself that fear is a sin. You know, the Bible says anything apart from faith is sin. Fear is sin. No different than any other sin. What you going to do about it? Judge yourself. You say, well, but I still fear. Okay, that's okay. That's a step in the right direction. I judge myself that I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I shouldn't fear. Help me, Lord, to escape that fear. Show me how not to fear. And you wake up tomorrow, and you have fear. But you pray again. You judge yourself again. And every day, there'll be a little less fear. Because you have not been given a spirit of fear but of power, and of love, and of sound mind. And then there's those that walk around getting mad at other people for not respecting the distance between them and you, because you say, well, they're, they're, they're afraid of the virus, you know? Or are you afraid of the virus, or you're afraid of this, or afraid of that. But you get mad at them. You need to not be mad at anyone. We need to forgive people, but judge ourselves, and God, in the name of Jesus, will deliver you from every evil of this present world. This is God's will concerning your life. And we're going to take a break, but we can never take a break from believing in the name of Jesus. That name is above every name. Are you using it? to defeat the enemies every day of your life? Or are you allowing it to sit on a shelf and all that Jesus did at the cross to just sit on a shelf waiting for some miracle to happen that God's going to do? Let me tell you something. He already did it. And it's sitting right in your lap. The name of Jesus. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. There's a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. 
It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. And we're back. And we're talking about being soldiers in the army of Jesus Christ. Picking up the name, the name, the powerful, powerful name of Jesus, the Christ, who went to the cross for you and for me. For what? For you to walk in fear, doubt, unbelief, judging others, being mad at others? No. That's not what Christians do, is it? We deliver, we are delivered from that. We are here to forgive and judge ourselves and get out from under the fears of this world and, and actually demonstrate how to live a victorious life in Jesus. Now I'm going to read from Luke 11. Verse 17 on here to like 23 or something like that. <clears throat> Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. So they were saying that Jesus was a devil driving out demons. That's what they were trying to say. Now I drive out demon. Now if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, then by that by by whom do you the follow by whom do your followers drive them out? He's talking to the <coughs> Jewish people, the Jewish priests. So then they will be your judges. For if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. God, Jesus was saying, I drive them out by the finger of God. And Satan would never be driving demons out of people because he'd be divided against himself. And he was making a point. So it says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, he pos his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Okay. Now... What are we saying about this? We all, I, we could take this to, we're going to drive demons out of other people, but let's look inward for a minute. Because if we're saying inside of us, the things we do wrong, if we drive out demons, with, we do it with the finger of God. And we're, that's why we want to say, to ourselves, judge ourselves of the wrongs that we do, so we can drive the demons out of ourselves. Not, not that they're living in us, but the thoughts. 
of doing wrong, the trees that have grown up inside of us as from kids on, causing us to be addicted to things, we want to take the name of Jesus and speak to those things and drive them out of us. And that's why if you speak, judge yourself and you speak to the enemy inside of you, you, he won't be able to take your armor. So if, if Satan can tell you that God doesn't love you because you did this thing wrong again, then he's driving God out of you. He's driving God out of you if he can tell you that God doesn't love you because now you sinned again. You see, a house divided can't stand. Once you've accepted Jesus and you have been circumcised in the Spirit, God loves you regardless. He has brought you home. So when you sin, which you will, and when you make mistakes, which you will, you have to judge yourself so there you're not driving God out of you so Lucifer can take your armor. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God. The first thing is the breastplate of righteousness. Where do you get that from? You get it from Jesus. It's his righteousness, not yours. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. God loves you because Jesus was righteous and you're wearing his armor. Satan wants you to get rid of the armor. So he's trying to tell you God doesn't love you for the sin you committed. When in fact God loves you, he came while you were yet a sinner to deliver you from your sin. So how could he not love you? He does love you. Don't drive God out of yourself. Judge yourself and love God and forgive others and try again tomorrow. Bring in the Holy Spirit and allow him to help you to grow strong and stronger till finally you no longer are addicted to fear or to whatever. And we always can take it down the road of pornographic and other things because everybody says, well, you're addicted to that. You're addicted to drugs. You're addi What about fear? I want to hear from the church. What about fear? How many times in the Bible does it say fear not? And yet you walk around in fear. So come on, judge ourselves, church. Get over it. Become a follower of Jesus, the Christ, who defeated all fear and all anxiety, all worry, all sickness, all death, all drugs, all, 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 all. And now he's saying to you and I, what will we do with his name that he's given to us to use? What will we do? I want to read here from... Hebrews 2, verse 4 through 9. God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking. There is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind? You are mindful of them. You are mindful. God, why are you mindful of mankind? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor. 
and put everything under their feet. Everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who has was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, and so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. There's so much here. And God made us a little lower than the angels. Jesus came and took on being a man, which means he became lower than the angels for a time. And he got everything, defeated everything, and put it under his feet. It's under his feet. And now, when we are in Christ, it's under our feet. Trample on the things that are scaring you. Laugh at them. Kick them out of your life. God has delivered you. Jesus, put it under his feet. Where are you seated? You're seated in Christ. You are circumcised by God. You died as a man or woman on earth the day you accepted Jesus. And you are born again, circumcised in the spirit. You are a spirit that is no longer subject to all the demonic on this earth. It was defeated in Jesus' name. we got to take his name and use his name over every circumstance, every situation that we come up against. Not some of them. Not one here, one there. Well, you know, I don't know. I believe... I believe I can pray for some things, but I don't know if I can pray for others. And <clears throat> Listen, Jesus didn't defeat some things. He defeated all things. And then he came and made himself available to each one of us to accept as our Lord and our Savior. And I just read in another scripture where when you accepted him as Lord and Savior, you were circumcised in the Spirit, not in the flesh, in the spirit, something you cannot see, but God can see. He knows his clock. He knows his people. And he says his people know him. I believe you know him. But will you follow him? Will you begin to act like Jesus? You know, one of the conversations that goes on a lot is, why are the youth not going to church these days? Why? How are we going to get them there? Maybe we need to bring in a hot band or a hot this, or a hot that, because now they'll come. I'll tell you what you need to bring in. A demonstration of the name of Jesus and how it works, and how it defeats Satan in every area of life. It's okay to bring in the band. That's fine. But with the healings, and laying hands on the sick, and they will recover. And the name of Jesus, everything bows to the name. Everything will bow when we exercise using it. You can't put it on the shelf. You can't put it on the shelf. You can't. If you put it on the shelf, you're just wasting your time. I mean, look, you're going to go to heaven. You accepted Jesus. But you're going to live a life of being broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. Is that a demonstration of following Jesus? Did Jesus walk around broke, busted, sick, and disgusted? Oh, he was poor. Baloney. Where are you getting that from? 
He laid down all he had and gave it away. My gosh, the robes he wore, they gambled over. Why? Because they were valuable. He had whatever he needed. He didn't rely on it. That's where people get all mixed up. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money. You should have money everywhere coming at you as a Christian. So I don't need it. Okay, maybe you don't. But how many people do you know that do? And how many organizations that you know need help? What are you going to do about it? Just say, well, I'll pray for you. Go be warm and be full, but not give them any food. You know what that's like? I read that in the Bible too. You and I need to be understanding that if you are hearing this word and Jesus is speaking to your spirit to wake up, then wake up because God wants to perform miracles, bringing money, bringing health, wealth, and eternal life. And he wants to bring all of that into each one of our lives so that we can make a difference now. Now, right now, this year, this time, it's time to make a difference. Who's going to do it? The ones walking in fear, doubt, and unbelief, or the ones that are truly, truly not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of their minds to following Jesus. Jesus needs you. Will you follow him? Will you use his name? Will you learn to use it as a weapon against the enemy? Will you wake up and allow your doors of opportunity to open so God can flood you with health, wealth, and eternal life? He wants to flood you with it so that you can demonstrate what God is doing on the earth. I'll I'll tell you right now, uh, church is not going off this earth. I know a lot of people are praying for a quick rapture, you know, uh, get taken off. They're not leaving this earth broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. That would be a terrible demonstration after Jesus was nailed to the cross. He's looking for you and I to give the demonstration of victory. And that victory, then, we go out in victory and we leave this earth, not because we're chased off in fear, but because we have used the name of Jesus, and we are victorious over every circumstance and situation. Now, I know, I know, it's not as easy as I make it sound, but that's the good fight of faith. Every day, in every way, by the grace of God, you get a little stronger, and a little stronger, and you take God's word, but you got to take his word. If you don't use God's word, you'll never get stronger. You can't use a poem. You can't use a nice saying. You can't write up stuff yourself. In Mark 4.11, the sower sows the word. What's the word? It's God's word. God has given us scripture for every circumstance to defeat every circumstance that you'll ever come up against. Take the scripture, apply the name of Jesus, and activate it in your life and watch how God Almighty transforms everything around you, causing you to become victorious. Can't pay the bills? No problem for God. He's got a plan. Will you let him demonstrate it? Can't get out that rid of that feeling of sickness? Not a problem for God. Will you let him come into your life and demonstrate it? Or will you resist it by saying, Oh, man, you don't know what I've been through. Oh, cut me a break. What you've been through? You comparing yourself to Jesus? He went through some stuff, man. And he says, take my name. 
because I already have victory over what you're going through for you, but you got to use my name. Now, I believe God is about to open a door where when you pray, things that didn't happen quickly are now going to happen quickly. Why? We're in that time. We're in a time where time is speeding up. The Holy Spirit has a job to do. He's looking for people to just say, use me. Use me. Use me, Lord. Do something with my life. When I wake up tomorrow, I'm probably going to sin again. But I'm going to repent, and I'm asking you to transform me. Use me. Even if I do one thing for you tomorrow right, and I do ten things wrong, I did one thing right. You see, that's the believer. You can't serve God. You wouldn't serve God and ask Him if you could serve if you didn't believe. So there, you're not faking God out by doing that. You're just being honest with yourself. You're not letting Satan tell you that because of the one thing you did wrong, or the five things that you did wrong, you can't serve God. You can serve God. You can absolutely, because you need the righteousness of Christ. So every day I put on the armor of God. I thank you, Lord, for the breastplate of righteousness. I gird my loins with the gospel of truth. That's the word. I take upon my feet the boots, which are the preparation of the gospel of peace. I bring peace. I don't judge people. I put on the helmet of salvation. That means Satan can't destroy my mind because I'm saved I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. God has a mansion for me, but we got work to do here first. And I take the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart. So here comes a fiery dart. Oh, you're not worthy. Oh, get lost. I'm the righteousness of Christ. So the fiery darts come. The shield of faith quenches it. Now I take the sword, which is God's holy word. And I take that word and I speak it over my life. I speak it over my family. I speak it, and I demand and decree with that sword that we are victorious in Jesus' name. That is the, that's Ephesians. You go to the book of Ephesians, read about the armor, but your righteousness came from Jesus. You are not going to find righteousness in yourself without Jesus. But you are righteous. God sees you as righteous. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus, because you're in Christ. And where is Jesus seated, by the way? He's seated at God's right hand. So if you're in Christ, where are you seated? In His right, in Jesus, at God's right hand. And so, by being seated in Christ, all things are under his feet. That means, if we remind ourselves every day that we're in Christ, then we also have all things under our feet. There is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. Now I'll read from Matthew 16, uh, verse 17 and 18. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. This is where he asked Simon, who do you say that I am? And he said, Simon said, you're the Christ. And Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, blessed are you. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Now he's talking about 
Simon just heard from the Holy Spirit. He was, it's called revealed knowledge. The Holy Spirit, Peter, Peter was one who did sin often, flew off the handle, had a lot to say, and, but this, so Jesus is focusing on the one thing he did right. And what he did right was, he says, the, he, this was revealed to you by my Father, and you, you listened. You got it through revealed knowledge. So Jesus is talking about Holy Spirit revealed knowledge, right? And then the next part of it says, And I tell you, you are Peter. This is where he's changing his name from Simon to Peter. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And this is where a lot of people believe that the church started. But Jesus was talking about Revelation Holy Spirit knowledge. Not just that it was Peter, but Peter had access this Holy Spirit knowledge. So he's saying, on the rock of the Holy Spirit wisdom, I will build the church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You and I, have, just like Simon, have, have access to the Holy Spirit revealed knowledge, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No, they won't. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed will be loosed. So what does that mean? You have situations in your life that are out of control? Bind them. Take authority over them. Use the revelation, the re revealed knowledge of God that he, same thing as Peter. And you now will be the rock. The Holy Spirit is the rock. The revealed knowledge is the rock that the church is built on. Get your data from the Holy Spirit. And that is is the bottom line. Bind and loose. Loose the angels in your life to help you. Loose the angels to minister to others God wants you to pray for. Loose the ministering angels, the harvesting angels, to go and bring in your harvest. Bind Satan and the demons from stopping them. Whatever you bind shall be bound. Whatever you loose shall be loosed. You in the righteousness of Christ, Satan comes and he, what's he going to do? Says, you're not, you're not Peter. You're not this guy. You're not able to do that because you are a sinner. You have that same one thing that you keep doing. And that's stopping you from ever really serving God. And I'm telling you, no, it isn't. You judge yourself for that thing. Even if you still did it, you say, that's wrong. Father, forgive me. I'm wrong. Now, my righteousness is of the Lord, and I bind Satan from interfering in my family. I bind Satan from trying to steal my children's minds and thoughts and take them away from the Lord. I bind and cast down all spiritual wickedness from high places, and every imagination that tries to exalt itself above the Word of God. And I loose the ministering spirits, the ministering angels of God, to go into all the earth, 
or to go to my uncle or my aunt or my relative and preach the gospel to them and help them to come to know Jesus as Lord. God has chosen you, yes, you, to be a person that he can use every single day. You and I, if you've accepted Jesus as Lord, have been circumcised in the Spirit. He knows who you are. He sees you. He sees everything. Does he see your sin? Not anymore. Not when you judge yourself and call it sin, then it's no longer seen by God, totally nailed to the cross, and not ever to be used against you. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus for you. Jesus came and did it to get you back and I back. So why would you think that he wants to separate from you when you sin? He doesn't. A house divided will not stand. God came to take the house. He took over your house when you accepted him as Lord and Savior, and he's sweeping it clean. He's uprooting all the trees that grew up prior to knowing Jesus as Lord, pulling them out by the roots. And now you are a new tree in Christ, planted by the rivers of living water. Let that tree grow. Judge yourself. Be free. Be under the righteousness of Christ and go forth in victory, not in fear, but knowing that you have the victory of Jesus operating in your life. We're out of time. I hope this made some sense to anyone listening, but I will tell you this. God's done fooling around. It's time for you and I to pick up the slack and to be who he made us to be, the sons and daughters of the Most High. And we are followers of Jesus the Christ. He sent Jesus to get you. He's living in you. Now act it out, live it out, and demonstrate it to the world. And we'll see you next week for All In. Have a great week. Be blessed. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.